0: Welcome back to another episode of Soberland. I am your host Lindsay. And today uh, I have with me my guest, Duncan Dwyer. Welcome, Duncan.
1: Hi, it's great to be here.
0: Hi. Um, Duncan and I are just meeting for the first time. It's true. Yeah. I, I have had guests on where it's they were strangers before, but by the end we're, we're best friends. <laughs> so it'll be great. But you're not a total stranger. I know you through your wife, um, Amanda, who I work with at ihop. Yes. Um, you, you're you married to her. <laughs> I'm married to my wife, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's typically how it goes. <laughs> but yeah, Amanda and I, we're uh, cubicle we s- neighbors. We sit right next to each other. And I've gotten to know her, and she's super sweet. And um, she mentioned that we have a couple things in common, one of them being sobriety. So thought I'd have you on.
1: Yeah, she sort of vaguely said before, uh, this is at... Our house. Um, <laughs> a stranger I just let in. But she's yeah, she alluded to us having things in common. I know sobriety is one of them. Mm-hmm. She did, didn't get into much detail about the other ones, but oh, okay. um, I guess it'll be sprung on me at some point. Yeah, this.
0: well, one being that I guess we both have lived in Fort Lauderdale. We were just talking about right, that. Yeah. I was born and raised there and you uh, voluntarily live there. Yeah,
1: I knew I had to go there. <laughs> Two years later, I got out. And have never looked back.
0: What did you do there?
1: I was a paralegal uh. for a corporate law firm. Um, I had been living in New York City and was like pretty overwhelmed, even though I'm from there. Um, so it was sort of a change of pace. And then I hated it there. It's a big drinking town. I New don't York? Know, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, oh. It felt like very bar it focused. It is, you Yeah.
0: Know? With the beach and everything and it's a lot it is a party scene for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I mean I, I was like eleven when I lived there. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, you know. <laughs> it was a big bar scene.
1: Yeah. Um uh but uh yeah, so it was hard for me to like meet people there and it was just a weird thing. So I left. Um, uh, but I didn't want to go back to New York, so I just came out to LA. I had like one friend out here who I visited and just had a good time visiting him the once and then I moved here nice. with so no real plan.
0: So you're from New York City? Yes, oh, yeah, okay. I was born
1: and raised in New York City.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. What is that like as a kid? Like is it like uh, isn't there a movie about that? Home uh, hum- no, not Home Alone.
1: <laughs> <I don't a laughs> know. Home Alone 2 <laughs> is in New York. Uh, there's probably a lot of movies in New York. Um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, like you said, when you're like, I was 11. Yeah. It's kind of similar where, um, I lived there, uh, I went to boarding school when I was like 15. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my, like, fun slash self-destructive years, uh, were not spent in New York. So, um, as a kid, it was cool, but I like didn't know anything else. Like we lived in an apartment, um, we couldn't have a dog, which was very upsetting to me. Um, <laughs> and, but it, I don't know. Like, you don't know anything else. So it just seemed normal.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, you left one big city for a slightly smaller city for another big city. Yes. So you just don't like small towns. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I don't know. I, I think um, I do. I kind of idealize, like, the suburbs a little bit because I'm, didn't grow up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I could actually. I mean, we're, I live in Burbank, um, which is suburbish.
0: I mean, you got Disney offices across the street, yeah. I saw on my way over here. So. Yeah.
1: It's fun. It's like, I, I think LA is the perfect mix where it's like, it's a city, but it's like, eh, it's not really. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of just a weird spread out thing. So, yeah. I like it here. Yeah. Cool.
0: Another thing that we kind of have in common um, is comedy. You, it's slightly different. Uh, mediums but you do improv
1: I do yeah and I
0: did stand up and I that's really about it for yeah me. but um yeah I i know stand-up and improv are very very different i guess for me when I think of improv I think of like a group of people on stage and someone like names an occupation and they're like police officer and, like name a situation like grocery shopping and then you just act out that is that accurate
1: i mean that's f- Fairly <laughs> accurate. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, there's people who want to make it a big artistic thing, and I can appreciate that. But it is pretty much just being dumb and okay. playing pretend. Um, I did do stand-up oh. briefly in Fort Lauderdale, wow. um, which has a thriving stand-up scene, <laughs> <That's> as, <it. laughs> as you would know. Um, but I I found it um, really difficult. I don't know if this has been your experience, but I, I think just... I would sort of get a joke or a bit to, like, a good place and then be kind of done with it and and be like, okay, I got that. I don't mm. want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um. And so I found it very tedious and, like, frustrating. Yeah. Um, whereas improv, it's just, like, it's so fleeting that, like, none of it matters and you don't repeat anything. So I, yeah. I, I enjoy that more, I think. I um, totally get yeah. that
0: because you're you're repeating these jokes and you've heard it yourself a thousand times, but they're new to the audience. Right. And you kind of like, you have to act like it's the first time for everyone, like for yourself included and kind of give it your all and give it all this energy. But it's like, you've done this joke 900 times. And yeah.
1: when I see uh, like a standup and it seems like they're, they just thought of this twist to the thing. And I'm like, that is so impressive because obviously they've worked on that mm-hmm. for a year, but it, it feels natural. I, had trouble
0: (laughs) yeah so you like the changing newness of improv
1: yeah i just like discovering stuff and being stupid Mm -hmm. um versus i think with stand-up i was trying to be very clever um which is hard to be like i am so smart and then like two people laugh and you're like oh (laughs) oh no (laughs) um
0: so is your goal to like act right what
1: Um, I write. Okay. Yeah. Um, acting is not a goal of mine. Um, it's more, I just more do improv for fun and, um, kind of just to like idea generation or just kind of keeping me sharp. But I mean, what I write is, um, mostly non-comedic. Um, so I don't know how (laughs) how helpful improv is, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, there's no real like end goal with it. It's just uh, something I enjoy doing. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. I actually just started taking a commercial acting class Uh-oh. just for fun. Um, I did like a w- like one night trial of it, and I really, li- really liked it. I was surprised, and I was like, "Let me just do the six week one now." So, cool. just yeah, doing it for fun. So I think it's a nice cr- like creative outlet, and if, especially if you're doing other creative things, it can always help with that. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Would you want to do commercials?
0: I mean, for the money, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just know in L.A., it's so competitive. It's
1: yeah, that to me seems, like, heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, well, from what I've gathered from the one class, um, it really is all dependent on, like, the look and vibe that you have and if it fits what they're looking for. So it doesn't really even matter about the talent. It's just, right. like, do you look like this character that they want for this brand commercial? So it's just more like luck then. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll get lucky. I don't know. Yeah. So. We'll see. What kind of writing do you do? You said it's not really comedic.
1: I uh, screenplays. Okay. Um, like movies. Um, I, d- I co-wrote a romantic comedy uh, that's sort of sitting on the back burner right now. Um, but then uh, the thing I'm trying to shop around right now is sort of a like a detective story with a sci-fi element. Ooh. That's pretty dark um, okay i like so that it's not really comedic at all but i'm i'm pretty proud of it and i'm hoping to sell it in the near future so okay yeah. so
0: what is that pro? sorry i'm like really interested in this no, but what know. does that process look like do you go and pitch it to networks then
1: um i mean i'm finding out is the answer uh like so you can pitch it to um studios or uh an agent or a manager. I don't have either at the moment. Um, and then hope that they push it somewhere else. But yeah, I'm, I've got a couple, I'm going to send it to a couple studios, um, soon. Cause I have somebody who is liked the script and is helping me out with that. Um, but yeah, I'm still in the early stages and okay. I think it's just like one thing, one person likes it and you get lucky. Yeah. Cause I haven't, yes, this is my like beginning of this career. Okay. So yeah.
0: That's so exciting, though. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that with writing, like, they still pay you even if they don't use it.
1: I've heard that, too, yeah. I
0: think that's interesting. (laughs) But it's better if they actually make it. Yeah, that would be nice. So I guess we'll get into um, your story with sobriety. Uh, I know you mentioned you have almost 11 years.
1: Yes. Uh, April 8th. 2009 is my okay. date of sobriety.
0: Do you mind ask if I ask how old you are?
1: Sure, I am 35. <laughs> so okay. I got sober when I was 24. Okay. Yeah.
0: What was kind of your struggle and addiction?
1: Um, so I would, I it's I've come to the terminology that I'm like a poly substance addict. Okay. That it was more about um, getting high or or not having to like live in the reality of the world rather than a specific um substance that i was addicted to it was more Mm -hmm. just like i need something yeah um so for me it was uh, there were times when it was alcohol there were times when it was weed there were times when it was cocaine um and then i would occasionally do like a prescription drug but i never like was hooked on any of those yeah it was sort of like what's around what can i do um was more my focus.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times they all kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Would you say, like at different times in your life, one substance was being used more than the other?
1: Yeah, or... there'd be one like dominant. Okay. One. I mean, I really like smoking weed a lot. Mm. Um, so that was the dominant one a decent amount of the time. Um, I didn't start cocaine until I was um, in my early 20s. It's so only had a few year run with that, but um, it shot to the top pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah and alcohol, uh, I liked, but I, I think I, I blacked out a lot when I would drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and I once it became clear to me that, or clear to other people that I had a problem, I was like, I didn't like blacking out because then I would not be able to control... Like, oh, I might black out and text my parents that um, I am crazy drunk right now or Mm. whatever. And so I liked um, with non-alcoholic things that I was like, I'm I'm here enough to not like out myself as a addict. Okay. Yeah.
0: So um, when did you start drinking or using, whichever came first? How old were you?
1: Um, So I I mean... I had maybe had a couple drinks in like eighth grade, but really um, it started 10th grade. Um, I had a friend, I was at boarding school, and I had a friend who was dating somebody who could get us vodka or weed. And so um, that became, you know, a weekend thing, Mm. maybe not even every weekend. Um, And then it sort of... Escalated from there. I uh, I ended up getting kicked out of that school. Um, you got kicked out of boarding school. I did. In May of my senior year.
0: Oh, no. So close to graduation. I know.
1: Um, well, they had given this whole speech to us with, like, six weeks left in the year. Basically saying, like, we've turned a blind eye to a lot of stuff you guys are doing. Uh, keep it together for these next weeks, six weeks. And then I lasted, like, a week. And then hit hit hard.
0: What did you do to get kicked out?
1: Um, well, it's complicated. Okay. Uh, I I used to go to the um, infirmary a lot to like skip school,
0: like the nurse's office yes. type thing. Okay, so I'd just
1: be like, "Oh, I'm not feeling well. I need to like sleep all day." Uh, um, none of these at the time were like red flags to me that <laughs> there was a problem. Um, <laughs> But I guess one time I did it and they asked, and so they would ask, do you have a test or a quiz or a paper due or anything? And I would always say, if I did, I would say like, yeah, but I, I'll handle it. But then this one time, I think I was hungover and I said no instead of yes. And so then they were like, you lied. Oh. And then that became a thing. And then um, I was gonna get off that, but I was like despairing about, getting kicked out for that reason. So then I got really sloppy and um, just like left my room reeking of weed with like gravity bong (laughs) set up and like cigarette butts. And my house counselor came in and was like, you gotta go. So yeah, Um, so yeah, I got kicked out and then I, I went to rehab after that for the first time. So it was okay. inpatient. Uh, I did 30 days. Mm-hmm. It was in um, central Pennsylvania, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was... I mean, it was pretty intense because um, I was in the adolescent unit. And, you know, there were people in there who were, like, heroin addicts at 14 who were had been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I was... You know, I didn't know that you, you don't compare yourself to other people at the time. So I was like, well, compared to this guy, <laughs> like I'm I'm I got it together. Yeah. So um, but it was certainly eye opening. Um, yeah.
0: OK. And so then once you left rehab, what did you do?
1: So then I I repeated my senior year of high school
0: the whole year. Uh huh. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: I went I went to a, a school in Oklahoma for a year, um, lived with. Uh, my dad's friend who was the headmaster there Um, and that year was was pretty good Um, I wasn't sober but I kind of kept it together pretty much Um, and like got good grades which I hadn't done in four years and um, felt like I was like turning things around Mm -hmm. Um, and then that was you know kind of the last year where I could where I could legitimately argue to myself that I wasn't an addict because I was like, I'm I'm moderation ish right now. Yeah. Um and then I went to college and it all went to shit kind of. Okay. So yeah.
0: where'd you go to college?
1: So I went to uh UPenn in Philadelphia. Okay. Um and uh I got dropped off, set up my room and like went to the liquor <laughs> store <laughs> like, immediately. immediately. <laughs> um yeah, it was yeah.
0: Actually, the guest from my last episode, he is someone that I knew in college. And we kind of were talking about how, you know, in college, everyone's partying. So it's like I had no idea that he had a problem. He had no idea that I did. So I mean, what kind of stood out to you that made your situation a little bit different than just everyone else's partying?
1: Um, Yeah, it is hard to to navigate that um, because there are people I know who partied very hard in college who are like responsible adults who will have a glass of wine occasionally at dinner and like have no problem. Um, for me, I mean the big thing was, uh, just that I, I couldn't function. I mean, I, I, I couldn't like make it through a semester going to class, like taking tests. So, and I was really depressed and, um, you know, I, I, didn't have any control over, over anything. So, um, it was a gradual process. Uh, but, and there's also a thing, um, that I used to do, which is I would, um, drink or get, get high every day. And, um, I would always do it with somebody else. Uh, but I never stopped to think that it, like, it wasn't the same person every day. It was no. like, <laughs> you know, this guy's willing to, like, smoke weed on a Tuesday, but yeah. then he's, like, not doing that on Wednesday. You got, I got my Thursday guide yeah.
0: and my Friday guide. Yeah. yeah Everyone's so, doing it on Saturday. Yeah. So. so to
1: me, because I had heard, you know, like, if you get high or drink alone, that's what makes you an alcoholic. Mm. So I was like, I'm not doing that's that. That's
0: so funny. Growing up, that was always the, like alcoholic cliche definition is if you drink alone or in the morning that's when you right like <laughs> <think> that's it
1: <laughs> right but then in college like drinking in the morning is sometimes like on saint patrick's day Right. sure yeah. yeah um yeah so but i even starting in high school i had um in retrospect like been very desperate like sending people on AOL instant messenger like hey you want to get high <laughs> and just like mass <laughs> like you doing... were o- the
0: guy that was always down to get high yeah, yeah
1: yeah and so it was like yes i technically wasn't doing it by myself but i was i would hang out with people i barely knew and didn't really like just so i could like be with somebody yeah and convince myself I was I was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I would do the same. I would go to typically the same bars and then I would start to meet other people that were would go to those bars, other alcoholics, and (laughs) just like latch onto them and become their friend because my friends like were normal drinkers. They only drank like maybe on the weekends or certain nights. And so I wanted to drink every day. So yeah, I would literally drink with anybody that would drink with me. So I know that feeling for sure. So did you kind of continue this pattern of like getting high every day and drinking all the time, like all four years of college?
1: Um, Well, four years is not uh, my journey. I, but pretty much, I mean, um, one semester I was totally sober. Um, and that worked out. Okay. That was like my sophomore fall. Um, but then I got mono at the end of that. Ah. (laughs) So that was a different problem. Um, But yeah, pretty much it would be kind of like come into a semester feeling like a fresh start Mm -hmm. or like I've got a system now where I do things in a certain order and it balances out or something like that. Um, But I dropped out of Penn after two and a half years. And then um, I think it took a year off, maybe. Uh, And then I went back to school at Columbia. And that's where I got sober.
0: I'm curious because I don't think I've had someone on the podcast where their main kind of struggle was weed. Mm. And that sounds like that was the consistent drug for you.
1: I mean, that's probably the one I did the most. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's interesting because I think especially living in California, everyone's like throwing weed in your face. Mm -hmm. Like they deliver it to your home here and people just see it as like, not a problem at all. Yeah. So, I mean, would you say that it can definitely be a problem for people?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, um, I always think there's two kinds of addicts. There's, uh, one kind, which is like, it's just innate and, um, whatever kind of thing you latch onto, you get addicted to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's people who just like try heroin and are physically addicted to that. So I'm in the first camp, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it can be bad, but, I, I mean, I'm pro-legalization and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but, but just for me personally, I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, like, I think it, 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 that's an important thing to note, is, like, it, even though, like, Joe Rogan says it's the answer <laughs> to, like, every pro- issue, like, um, or, you know, there's a lot of public figures and just everyone is, like, all about weed, like, it actually can really... Like have a power over you and like hinder your life.
1: Yeah. I mean I I I know people who smoke weed or do edibles or whatever, um, and it's helpful for them. I also know people who, who do those things and think it's helpful for them and it's like really destructive for them yeah. and they're kind of lying to themselves. Right. Um it depends on the person, but no, it's not like a cure-all yeah uh, solu- I, like there's no magic solution for Life,
0: Right. I just think that it can can be a problem and people kind of like ignore that just because it's so accepted in the world now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, especially going to rehab the first time um, that really, I was really just a pothead at that point. Um, And there definitely was some like dismissiveness about that and Mm. and self-delivered as well. Like I was like, you know, it's not as... Like look, weed isn't as bad as heroin, right? But um it's yeah, it's a substance that you can abuse and Right yeah.
0: You mentioned you went to Columbia mm-hmm. and what happened there.
1: Um so I was there for a year and change, um and things had gotten really bad, uh, again, probably I mean the worst they ever got. Um where I was just like staying up all night, sleeping all day, um, pretty much constantly high, um, not going to class, not, I mean, and just, and really depressed. Um, and uh, it hit a point where I had a, I was seeing a therapist and I had a meeting with like my parents and him. And um, I just kind of broke down and was like, I need help because this is bad right now. Um, And so two days later, I was at rehab and um, I've been sober ever since then. And
0: so you went to another inpatient?
1: Yes. Uh, Yeah. And that was in Connecticut. Um, And it was a little less. The first one I went to was like not military but it was very like spartan like it wasn't fancy Mm -hmm. this one was a little bit nicer yeah um and a little bit more like trying to transition you back into the world so it wasn't like we're isolating you from the world and it was more like okay after a couple weeks you can maybe go out even just to a meeting or whatever and maybe one day you can go see a movie like it was a little bit more um trying to simulate the real world
0: yeah a little bit more gentler yeah this military style yeah but lore. also
1: just like i was ready um and i hadn't been before mm. so that, that's the main
0: i think that's totally yeah the main thing is like you have to want it yeah a- enough because it's it i think it's the hardest thing that anyone can do is to like give up a substance that they has the, that has a power over them so i think that yeah that's that's the key there is like you have to actually really want it badly yeah yeah. yeah totally you and so you've stayed sober for almost 11 years Yeah, that's crazy
1: yeah what have you done have you are you mm-hmm. like a part of a program so i i did uh aa mm-hmm. I, I mean i still rarely do but that first I mean, I did, like, 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, I got a sponsor. Um, And probably the first year, I went to AA, like, most days. Um, And that was incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I I would not have stayed sober without that. Um, I didn't love... I never got a sponsor that I liked, really. Um, And over time, I've, like slacked on on being part of a program um but and i think it would be beneficial probably for me to be um someone who like goes to aa even more regularly than i do um just for life in general mm-hmm. um but at this point um the not drinking not doing drugs part um is pretty locked in yeah (laughs) um yeah and so it i mean it you know never say never like i don't want to well i was actually i was
0: gonna say i think i will admit that sometimes i will have this thought that like oh enough time has passed like Mm -hmm. i would be okay like i could control it if Mm -hmm. i had like a glass of wine in reality, I know that's probably not the case. Like the addiction would quickly come out and it would quickly spiral into an issue. But I do tell myself that lie sometimes. Um, and I would think knowing me, if I was in your situation, I would definitely probably tell myself that because I guess what I'm trying to say is like after so much time has passed and also the fact that you were younger when Mm -hmm. you stopped, Do you ever kind of find yourself kind of talking yourself into maybe doing it again, thinking like, oh, it's good. I could control it now. And that was just because I was young. Do you like, do you feed like yourself lies like that ever? Um,
1: I used to more. Okay. Um, I guess it maybe pops in my head occasionally, but um, I kind of just end up like, what would I be gaining from taking that risk? Mm -hmm. And the answer is like, I don't know. Like what what at this point, what benefit is there from being a casual drinker? Right. Like I don't and when I sit and think about it, I'm like, I don't want to drink like a glass of wine with dinner. Like <laughs> yeah. that, I never wanted to do that. Yeah. So um it's just kind of I don't know. I, I think also the the thing about like one day at a time is obviously like very helpful. But for me, once I kind of realized that I was an addict. It just was like a switch was flipped Mm. and it was very comforting to me to be like, to, to say I'm never going to do any of these things again in a way that I think can be very scary for a lot of people. For me, it was like, Oh, I just don't have to make that choice ever. Like I have made it, I've committed to it. And now um it's it's not like somebody's gonna offer me a drink and i'm gonna be like well maybe i can have one it's just done yeah and and for i know for most people that is not a helpful thing to think about for me it just was mm-hmm. um but yeah
0: i think i can i'm one of those people that if i think about forever i can get a kind of intimidated sure and like, yeah I sometimes will have, I know they're dangerous thoughts and I have them because I'm human, but I will have those thoughts like, will there ever be enough time that's passed where I can do this? Or what if something really horrible happens in my life? Like I lose a loved one and I just fall apart and everything, you know, and I turn to alcohol. I, I have these like thoughts of, I mean, they're really fears about relapsing, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I wish that, I could be that black and white, you know, and just be like, no, this is never happening. And I need to be like that. And I, you're really kind of inspiring me to change my perspective.
1: Whatever works for you is what you got to do. Um, yeah, but
0: the place I just mentioned is kind of a dangerous place. Sure, you're playing yeah. with fire, and yeah. I, I shouldn't be doing that.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I would say don't judge yourself for, like, having those thoughts because you can't control right. it. Right. I but mean, like, I know
0: it's because I'm human. But yeah. I,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, I still will occasionally have dreams where I relapse, um, which is terrifying. Yeah, I have those um, too. I used to my first like year, I had them all the time, and I'd
0: wake up like feeling so guilty. Like I'm like, yeah. I didn't do it, but why do I feel like I did?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, in the dreams, I never actually am dreaming about drinking or doing drugs. It's just the aftermath. Mm. Um. And it's really scary and really, like, just pounds on the guilt. Um, So I still occasionally have those. And, uh, I mean, sure, it'll cross my mind occasionally of, you know, what, you know, oh, I never tried acid. What would that have been like? Yeah. You know, but...
0: um, I never did acid and went to Burning Man. never know.
1: (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know. There, There are some times where I think back longingly to to those times um and i think that's good to hear
0: like because a lot of people like probably won't admit that but i think it's it's a normal thing yeah
1: i mean it's like a decade almost of my life that Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna like it was pretty hard in general but like there were good times in there and um obviously all this stuff appealed to me for a reason. Right. Um, not necessarily a good reason, but like, yeah, I had fun sometimes yeah. back then. Um,
0: but at this point in almost 11 years, you just, do you feel like not even phased by it anymore?
1: Yeah, not really. I mean, um, sometimes I'll sort of forget, not like forget that I'm so, just forget that it's even like a thing. Um, that I have to deal with mm-hmm. where, um,
0: where people are podcasting about it.
1: <laughs> I think Amanda was like, Oh, so, uh, you're going to do Lindsay's thing if that's okay. And I was like, Oh, right. Like, cause I'm sober. Uh, um, cause it just, it doesn't come up really. Yeah. I mean, I think being older now too, it's like, nobody's trying to force anything on me. um, I like don't really ever see drugs um, in my life, except when Amanda brings them home. Yeah, she's she's a terror. (laughs) Just just kidding. No, Amanda's like she's like the sweetest, most innocent girl I've ever met. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the first year of sobriety, being around alcohol was pretty hard, and being around weed or coke would lead to like a legit like a panic attack mm. um like i would have to leave i i mean i haven't been around drugs enough recently to say i wouldn't have a panic attack i probably would leave um but being around people drinking is just i i don't really even notice it yeah anymore
0: that makes sense i mean i'm only a year and a half almost two and i can see a significant Uh, ease and sobriety compared to where I was this time last year. So I can imagine just the more time that goes by, uh, the more you're used to being at a wedding without drinking or a birthday comes around, you know, these things, these milestones that are kind of centered around drinking, you kind of just are used to not drinking and you learn how to have fun without it. And then it just becomes a normal part of life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then like all my friends and family are, so supportive and like proud of where I am, mm-hmm. um, and so it's n- uh, and just for me, yeah. Like I've been to enough weddings where it's like, okay, I'll get like a ginger ale. Or whatever. How was your
0: own wedding sober? Did w- did that phase oh, it was you at t- all? Terrible, the worst day of my <laughs> life.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> editing this part. Out. <laughs> no, no, uh, it was great. I mean, um, I think we told. I mean the the all the people involved knew and so they you know didn't bring a champagne glass for me to have to reject or but anything like that. But
0: everyone else, you guys had did you have like an open bar? We
1: did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I was like You didn't care. No. I mean I think having a I was never considered having a sober wedding like cuz a lot of people f- that came for me came from like across the country. Uh, and they're not sober, and so weddings are supposed to be fun and mm-hmm. like you can let loose. So it, it was never a consideration, but it wasn't. There's a lot. It turns out that's like going on the day you're getting married. That you you're so not even phased by if really focusing on like, ooh, should I have like a jacket <laughs> Coke right now? It was just like, where is my where are brother? My we need to take pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: There's other bigger things yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, totally. I get that. Uh, and so I know you celebrated ten years of sobriety, and you guys celebrate. Uh, you guys actually celebrated that with a trip, right? Yes. Where did you go? We went to
1: Hawaii. Went to Maui. Um, wow. I had never really um, done a. Se- I mean, like I'd gone to a meeting for my anniversary. Usually, you got, like a oh. cake and all that. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I kind of. I, I'm not really a big, like, birthday person or anything like that. So I'd never really done anything fun for it. And then um, there was a thing where Kristen Bell took Dax Shepard to uh, get, like, fresh King's Hawaiian rolls, fresh off the bakery or whatever. Yeah.
0: So to give some backstory, Amanda, Duncan's wife, who works now works with me at IHOP, she Mm -hmm. used to work at King's Hawaiian. Yes. And... There was um, a day where Kristen Bell brought in her husband Dak Shepard, who has he's like 13 years. I sober. think it was
1: his 14th anniversary. 14th, yeah.
0: And so something that he said that he always wanted to do was have a King's Hawaiian roll fresh out of the oven. Yeah. Um, and she thought, well, I want to get him something for his day sobriety anniversary but he can buy himself anything because he's dax shepherd so she remembered that he had mentioned that about the king's hawaiian roll. so she arranged for him to go to the king's hawaiian plant and have a fresh roll out of the oven as his sobriety birthday gift yeah just the cutest thing it's I've very ever cute heard. and
1: amanda so said they were just the sweetest so people amanda and got
0: to arrange she arranged it all for them to happen and yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and then she told me about it and i was like Hey, <laughs> I could I w- get something. I want something. Yeah. And it was my 10th um, anniversary last one, yeah. year. And, you know, we just also were like, let's go on a trip. So we just took a long weekend basically to, to Maui and it was great. Um, now coming up on 11 years, uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing a trip but yeah. I'll, you know, I'll get a, I'll get a cake or something. Make
0: it like a, a every decade. Make it I do a trip. I think so. I think okay. so.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe. Well, who knows where we'll be in nine years? Um, yeah.
0: Did you do anything special in Hawaii? Like I don't know, smash a bottle of champagne on the balcony <laughs> yes. or something.
1: And then stay away from it. <laughs> and um, then run in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we went like, um, snorkeling and saw uh, and wait, <laughs> <and laughs> saw so whales and right. turtles. We that's didn't do awesome. like, um some kind of big metaphorical <laughs> <laughs> like statement <laughs> about how I had defeated my addiction. Uh, we just tried to have one.
0: Okay, I do have a question for you. I used to talk about reality TV a lot on the podcast too. Okay. It's kind of a thing that I've... It's my new addiction. <laughs> um, and Amanda mentioned that you watched The Bachelor with her. Yes. But you also watch a show that I've never heard of called The Challenge.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a reality show? It used show? to be called, like, the MTV Real World Road oh, Rules Challenge.
0: Oh, okay. I know that.
1: Yeah. It is now just The Challenge because Real World and Road Rules, I don't think either of the, I know Road Rules does not exist anymore, and okay. I think Real World might also not exist anymore.
0: So, this is just the new modern-day version of that. It's called yes. The Challenge. Yes, Can you tell me what they do? Because Amanda w- didn't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she occasionally will walk in while I'm watching it and it will be TJ Lavin who's a former like BMX biker or something like that. He's like an extreme sports guy and he's the host and he'll just be explaining the challenge that they have to do this week and the rules and she'll be like, "What? None of this makes any sense." And it does it's very complicated, but basically they get it's all people who used to be on other reality TV shows.
0: Okay. Uh, On MTV specifically
1: or any reality TV show? So it used to be just MTV and they would also have the occasional like just new person. And now they've started to add a lot of like British people Mm -hmm. from like Love Island or shows like that. They had like a couple Bachelor people and some other... Shows I don't know. Siesta Key or whatever. I don't know. It's
0: all struggling reality TV stars. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> Trying to like mix up the cast. Okay. Um, and basically they get divided up either into like two teams or, or a bunch of teams of two or something and compete against each other in these like stupid but like physically intense challenges and then... There's voting. It's like Survivor-ish. Okay. Um, is it like team-based or is it all individual? It varies. It okay. varies. So they hmm. they every season they'll like have a different setup. So this past one was like, um betwa- it was like U.S. versus U.K. Um, hmm. And but it, but you could like switch teams. So in the U.K. one Spoiler alert. Oh, uh, wow. But it was like one British guy two americans and like an australian was the british team <laughs> so <laughs> it's so, not even accurate <laughs> yeah so you know way to go mtv <laughs> yeah they, 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 it gets complicated <laughs> and stupid but i um love it okay. i don't know it's it's like so dumb and the people in it are fairly awful um and it is also like a lot of drinking and then fighting after being drunk right um some I don't know if there's just some like oh I don't have to do that anymore but I I grew up with it I guess and it was very different back then but
0: okay but you do watch the bachelor is that right
1: yes and I I uh, got Amanda to start watching the bachelor oh wow yes. so it's
0: like really you pushing for yes. that um I've been trying to watch the new season but it's like three hours long, which is ridiculous. Yeah. That's like the Titanic movie in, on a Monday night, which right. I don't want to commit to. So I've kind of watched it, but not really following. The only thing that really intrigues me is that I saw Hannah Brown from the, the Who is the Bachelorette the yes. last season. She... Came back and did she just like come and say hi and leave, or is she like one of the women that's in the house?
1: Well, so no, she's not one of the women. Okay, that was he sort of offered that up, but this I think was filmed while she was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, so like she couldn't have logistically, but um, just a tease. Yeah, she came in and was like, I regret things, and he he was like, I do, and then they kind of had a whole thing, but then just left it at that she
0: needs to make up her she's very bad at making decisions know, when it comes to she men she really is
1: um but wow. she she may be back later we'll see
0: after dancing the stars when yeah, the yeah she ends may return as
1: he's about to propose she'll she'll tackle him <laughs> come out of a
0: windmill or something yeah
1: right yeah
0: wow uh, i gotta get back in that i think uh once it gets like closer to the end mm-hmm. there's too many women there's like 30 women i'm like i can't keep track of all these ashleys and right. <laughs> it's like too much so yeah yeah. Uh, well, cool. All yeah. right. Uh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having for, me. For sharing your story. And uh, congratulations again on thanks. Eleve- you too. 11 years. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.